Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast, live in the lounge, praying for peace across the world, staring at the Ouija board. Ladies and gentlemen, the violence has to stop. Police, human beings, firefighters, military men, fish, animals, whatever. Just stop it. I'm so sick and tired of seeing all this negativity, all this just pure, pure evil in the news. Somehow seek the light. Follow me this way into the Bobcast Lounge as we explore new ideas here on this plateau we like to call the Podcast Network. Today's guest I met back in 2005. His band Still Aside in Downtown Harvest used to play the Grape Room down there in historical Maniunk. Both bands pretty much played the same bills for Jackson. We would do uh, the Brotherly Shove Fest. We would do uh, Local Shot Series. It was a great time. So this band still aside, there's this guitar player, right? And uh, he shreds. He rips it open. He's got great stage presence. You know, he knows how to rock the mic, tell a few jokes. We immediately hit it off. He even came uh, with the Downtown Harvest once and uh, did a, a song. He played, actually, he played uh, the lead and the rhythm. And Tom was playing keyboards once at the World Cafe Live. I do believe there's some photography of that. But anyway, it's just been a real pleasure knowing this young man. Uh, he is a, a virtuosito on that six-string instrument. With that being said, please welcome to the show, C. Lee. Oh, thank you, thank you guys, thank you so much. <laughs> so, I'm good, man. How you doing? So, I mean, let's let's just go back in time and let's talk about those those days we spent down there at the Grape Street Pub. It wasn't even called the Grape Street Pub; it was called something else. What was it called? It was out by the. Well, it was just it was just Grape Street back then. So it had uh, there's three incarnations of. Grape Street, there was the original pub that was actually on Grape Street, and then uh, the second incarnation where you and I met was this massively awesome, huge venue, um, beautiful stage, beautiful sound, um, bar back there on the board, uh, and that was, uh, that was right down on Main Street, it was, it was a cool spot, because they had like the, the Unsa, Unsa Club for all the college kids uh, on one side of the, that huge, massive complex, and then uh, just that sweet rock. Yeah, those were uh, some good days. Talk about the band Still Aside. Uh, Still Aside, we man, we we started probably. Um, I guess we started playing in Cousin College, so 2003, 2004. We you know we started messing around in uh, dorm rooms, and the lineup went through uh, a rather large amount of changes. You know, we really uh, we were really trying to do something different, something progressive. Um, and uh, it was kind of it was kind of the first band that I, I you know I've been in bands in high school and you know been in a band man um, it was the first band that I was really like uh, whoa okay let's let's do this let's let's do work let's let's play shows let's play more shows and uh, we had a lot of fun I'm about to go into a tunnel so so we'll see what happens I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep talking and be like Chris Lee. If I, if I lose you. Um, uh, that's that's no, no problem. Uh, Clint was uh, your lead singer in that band. Talk about him and his uh, stage presence. Like, uh, what type of you know performance would he put out? Clint was the madman on the mic. That was, that was what we called him, and, and that's definitely what he is. Uh, Clint and I have, you know, we're best friends. Still, uh, still very tight to this day. We talk, we talk pretty often. Uh, definitely, he and I talk way more than uh, any other guys do. Uh, I mean, but we've all kind of got our own things 
Would he do? Would he do it uh, during the live performance? Would he uh, give everybody a little <laughs> glimpse of his Jim Morrison? For just like you know, pure madness. Yeah, yeah, you guys were really good live, man. I remember we at the one time, like I guess we both had um, live performances of us uh, on Comcast through like the on demand network. The grape, yeah. you know, it was a good spot, and uh, you know, all thanks to uh, our friend Jackson. Yeah. then you know like uh all bands you go through transitions and you you go on to do different things um i guess i i don't know when maybe 2009 2008 i see you at guitar center over there in plymouth meeting and you're selling guitars what would what was your uh you know experience like working for that corporate conglomerate rock engine you know, that, that was that was interesting it was way different than i thought it was going to be you know, i got really excited because i uh See, I don't think I could handle that. Like when I go into the music store, I get what I want, and like I get out. Like I can't, I, I couldn't yeah. be in a room like that. Like, like, oh, it's a tough job. But when I saw you there, you were like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about moving to L.A." And my uh, my answer to that was, "Yes, you need to go." So yeah, yeah, I remember. You uh, you basically just uh, you left in the night like a gypsy. Tell us about that. Yeah. 
I needed to go. You needed a fresh start. You know. Yeah, I mean, and there wasn't there wasn't ever any like f you guys, this band's done. Um, you know, I, I was basically going to Los Angeles to kind of help promote myself. It was a selfish move for sure. But um, ultimately, but, the know, right decision though, because it, you know, you, you did the right that, thing though. I think I think you did the right thing. You know, what I mean, still yeah, sign. Like, if, if see, the was, thing is, when you're in a band, you have to have all members of the band willing to take the chance of, you know, trying to put your music out there for the world, and you have to make sacrifices. And, you know, I mean, you went yeah, at the proper I, I, time, uh, you know, and when you I, got out there, what happened? I mean, like, what was your, like, <laughs> initial, like, response to the city of Los Angeles when you arrived? Well, I mean, I, when, I, when I came out here, I, I was still pushing still aside and promoting still aside, and, you know, it's just kind of my, you know, how I left it with the guys was, you know, We'll kind of see what happens. And, you know, I, I think we did a, a, a quick little reunion show when I came back in May before I drove out. So I flew out first just to check it out, and then I moved out for good. Um, but, yeah, when I got to LA, it was just, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild out here. Uh, it, it's it's really saturated with music, uh, which is good and bad, you know. Um, but I, I met Jody Shaw the night that I landed, and I just uh, I just really loved the way that she sang. You know, she, she's got such a really... Talk about Chris. Talk about that. So wait, you said the night that you landed, you met her. Yeah. So I landed. Um, I landed on January. I want to say twenty ninth of two thousand nine. And uh, the guys in Saturday replies who were just, like just still fresh out here came to scoop me up to the airport and took me back to their pad. We hung out, had some beers, and then we went down to the white room to go check out uh, some friends that they knew that were playing. And Jody was there, and uh, Frank introduced us. Was like, "Man, you gotta hear her sing." Uh, you know, I think that you guys would work really well together. And and we did. She was she was singing back up in a, uh, this punk band um, where she was just kind of like she was kind of like the hype man. She wasn't really the focal point of the band at all, and she just had this like jaw dropping range and this stage presence that was just incredible. And she's like. She's like 400 feet tall. She's like the tallest woman I've ever met. Uh, I don't know if she's the tallest, but she's, she's got this commanding presence. And when you put her on stage, she looks that much taller. Um, and I was just like, gosh, she's going to be the front. And I just really wanted to start writing with her. And, uh, and so we did. We, we wrote like probably the first four Shaker songs. Um, and I, I had a lot of stuff kind of cooking already. But we, we sat down and just started hashing stuff out in the basement of uh, the house that city was living and, and then, I don't know, just one thing led to another, and we started putting together stuff, and it was just, it was really an experience. It was, you know, it was just really happy, you know? It was something you know, that music had kind of, like, something music had been missing for me. It was, like, that, that fun, fresh, you know, oh, this is cool, these are new people, these are new experiences kind of thing. So what's the first song you guys record together? Um, we, I, before, before I left, I actually went into Milkway uh, Recording Studios with Ron Diesel messed up.
fast or how much I want to write. And sometimes there's just songs where I kind of just want this to be my thing. So Ron was just kind of helping me like get the catharsis of writing out. Uh, and so we, we were like, well, let's, let's do this project. Let's call it The Shakers. And um, I think his buddy Martin or something like that actually coined the name. And uh, so, so yeah, so I went out there and I had two songs recorded. And they were just instrumentals. Uh, one of them was uh, a song called The Stress Signal, which is kind of dropped out of our repertoire now. And uh, a song called Already Gone, which we still close with just about every show to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I showed it to Jody and I had like a really little recording set up and she laid down some vocals and uh, and then when we flew back in May we played a, kind of like debuted uh, quite horribly <laughs> um, we debuted ourselves at Doc Watson's uh, for an MMR night with Jackson and uh, snuck into the studio and laid, Jody laid down some vocals and then we kind of had a demo um, and it was, I think it was just like a two song demo we did and then uh, and then we kind of went back and like recorded that first EP with Ron eventually but uh yeah, and the band just really evolved from there. But yeah, Hard to Go and and um, Distressing was first first two. All right, let's take a listen to one of those tracks from the Shakers here on the Bobcast.
right, back here with C. Lee on the Bobcast. So the Shakers, they take up some residencies out in Los Angeles. You start traveling across the country. You start playing festivals in Austin, Texas. And then somehow or another, the Shakers get involved with something called Shapeshifter. Jordan Baker Skipper is one of the most talented, focused people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, she has been an instructor of aerial arts for the Circus Lake School of Los Angeles, among many other um, schools. I, and now she, she teaches out of her backyard because she has this awesome, awesome rigging setup back there. Uh, and so we had known her and known of her for a while. I mean, Jody and her were friends and just knew of her incredible talent. And we always just like Where's the venue at that you guys do this at? So we do this at the, this, this, uh, I'm not sure if you know what derby dolls are. Derby dolls are a really awesome women that put on roller skates yeah. and just match each other up on the track. And so there's an arena in East LA and there's a side room that's just got this massive art space. And there's uh, this huge carousel hanging from the ceiling and all this really, really, really cool stuff uh, in the room. And they, they just kind of run out the Yeah, I watched the the trailer. in 
That's what's up. Yeah, we'll attach uh, the trailer and the link down below here on the Bobcast. Uh, I'm sitting here in the lounge talking with Mr. C. Lee. C. Lee, let me ask you a question. If you could listen to any song in the world right now on the Bobcast before we take a quick break and then come back and perhaps get a chance to speak with this person who created this shapeshifter circus, what track would it be? Uh, of any, any song in the world, you're asking me? Any song in the world, pick it, and we shall play it here on the Bobcast. Let's do Dragon Attack by Queen. Here on the Bobcast. Thank you. 
back here on the Bobcast with C. Lee. Uh, C. Lee, uh, I'd like to welcome to the show uh, Mrs. Uh, Jordan Baker Skipper. Are we like on right now? Oh, we're on. Oh, hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I'm good. So, C. Lee's been telling me all about this shapeshifter circus. Uh, how did you uh, first get interested in the art of circus? Gosh, um, I saw a group perform in New York City in Brooklyn uh, New Year's Eve of 2006, and my mind was kind of blown, um, and I started taking aerial classes shortly after that, and was offered an apprenticeship with the company that I was taking classes with, and have been doing it full-time ever since, so that was about nine years ago. Wow. So did you know, like, when you were a kid that you wanted to join the circus? No, not at all. Um, it really kind of came out of the blue, the opportunity to, to start training in aerial arts. I went to college for architecture. I studied architecture in school. And, yeah, I don't think I really ever knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, just sort of fell into this thing that I love. Yeah, that's great. Um, so do you do, like, uh, Spanish web? Do you do silks? What, what, what do you like to do? Um, but I also perform on rope and hoop and trapeze and hammock, um, pretty much everything, but silks are my favorite. So, like, you came up with this idea. Tell the, the Bobcast audiences, you know, the genesis of the Shapeshifter Circus. Yeah, um, so, uh, when I lived in New York City, I co-founded a venue called the House of Yes, where we produced and performed our own works um, often with live music. And for me, performing with live music is just, it takes everything to, to a new level. It's way more fun uh, than performing with canned music. So um, being out here in LA for the last three or four years, I really wanted to create a new show um, with live music and have been really into rock music the last several years. And I just sort of had an epiphany moment of, well, duh, I'm friends with a really awesome rock band. Of course I should write a show around their music. So um, that was kind of the, the seed that sparked Shapeshifter. Um, and I just listened to their music and was really inspired by um, what was at the time their newest album, The Rescue Team, and listening to all the songs and just kind of imagined my own story um, to the songs that they had already written and, and wrote the show. So the show's six aerialists um, performing along with the band um, with a, a kind of narrative through line that runs a little over an hour. Wow. And, like, uh, how long do you have to practice for something like this? I mean, like, how much preparation goes into a performance like this? Uh, many months. Um, I've been in rehearsals uh, with different folks, um, you know, for the, the duets and the group pieces um, since, gosh, um, you know, early February, um, you know, several times a week. Um, you know, plus there's the production aspects that I also have my hands in, um, yeah. you know, defining things and, of course, promoting and um, fabricating costumes. And, you know, it's, it's really a full-time job for, for three or four or five months leading up to the show. So what's it like to, you know, professionally work with Mr. C. Lee, the guitarist extraordinaire virtuoso? <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no. Can I you mean, elaborate I mean, on that? No. 
you know, the the Shakers and Chris have um, been been very open to the whole process of creating together, um, and usually, you know, I'll go to them with something that I want musically. Um, like, for example, there was one song that Chris wrote specifically for the show called The Light Theme, um, and I needed the really beautiful instrumental theme to go along with our, our light bearer character and her beautiful entrance with all these sparkling lights. And I'm not a musician um, at all, you know, so I kind of approached him with, you know, some some of my, like, boneheaded ideas of what I think that I want. And I'm like, I, you know, I want it to have, like, you know, ringing chords throughout and be in a, in a minor key, but uplifting, and can you make mm-hmm. this happen? You know, and so there's some references and some back and forth, um, you know, and ultimately, quite quickly, um, Chris composed uh, this really, really beautiful piece of music. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, you know, of course, interacting with them to, to make the music what we need it to be for the show. You know, maybe it's, you know, hey, Chris, we have to we have to climb the hammocks um, here, and it takes about 30 seconds for everybody to get up in it and get all situated. So can you extend the intro to the song, you know, or we needed like a a really, you know, dark kind of lead into this other song that's not what you usually do. Can you make that happen? Um, so it's it's very fun and very creative and, and fun for me to work with such talented musicians. So when you were writing the Shapeshifter Circus, I mean, you had to start somewhere. Which song from the Shakers did you pick first to adapt into this, you know, production? Um, you, you know, really it was kind of most of the whole album all at once. Um, Shapeshifter is a story of several souls um, undergoing a journey from, from darkness to light. And really, you know, it's the story that I think is a universal one about, um, you know, finding those dark things within yourself that you have to um, deal with and move past in order to arrive at a happier, freer um, place in your life. You know, whether that's, you know, I want to be a better friend or I want to be a better you know, musician, or I want to cultivate patience, that's not something that I'm good with, or whatever it might be, it's just kind of confronting those internal difficulties to arrive somewhere else. Um, So many of the songs spoke to me right away, um, including the title track, Rescue Team, uh, as well as Villain um, and What You Want. There are so many great songs on the album. Mm -hmm. I really, I love the whole thing. So people in Los Angeles, where can they get tickets for the Shapeshifter Circus? Uh, we've got a website this year. It's pretty great, shapeshiftercircus.com. Uh, we have a link right on our homepage for tickets. There's standing room tickets, um, like rock concert style. And for people who prefer to sit during the show, we also have seated tickets available. That's great. Um, I, you know, I really appreciate you, Jordan Bakerskipper, coming on uh, the Bobcast here, talking about the Shapeshifter Circus. I wish you much luck. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cool. Let's take a listen to Villain from the Shakers here on the Bobcast. (laughs) 